0: Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 47. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week we'll be talking about the 2014 horror film, Oculus. Directed by our fave, Mike Flanagan. Our
1: boy! Not just our
0: boy, but Netflix's boy. Netflix's boy. (laughs) Netflix loves him.
1: Yeah, three of his movies are on Netflix, right?
0: Yeah, and when he made Gerald's Game for them.
1: Oh, for then? Yeah. Oh, dang. Only one bad one in the mix. If Gerald's Gim is good, I actually, haven't seen that. I think yeah. I actually said this exact same thing during the Before I Wake episode that right. he has made fifty percent good movies, maybe.
0: So yes, Liz is alluding to the fact that we very recently did a episode on Before I Wake, mm-hmm. um, which is the movie he made right after making Oculus, but wasn't released until
1: earlier this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Probably You'd because think it it's would be the good. other way around,
1: yeah. You'd no, think it'd be like cause... he made Before I Wake first, testing out the waters of horror movies, and then...
0: No, he's only made horror movies.
1: You mean you know what, you know what I mean, though. I mean, like, maybe he made Before I Wake was, like, his first one, and no, then, like... No. no, no, not at all. It's just it's it's just a weird anomaly in his films, in my opinion.
0: Um, so we have lots to talk about. We should also say up front, we said this last time, too, if you haven't watched this movie, go do it. Do it. it. It's very scary.
1: It's very scary, and it's a thinker. Which is my favorite.
0: hmm We're gonna spoil the hell out of it. Spoil the hell out of it. And it's, a, it's just a really, really strong movie. And you should go away and come back and listen once you've done that.
1: Yeah, because we're gonna go spoiler territory. Massively.
0: All right. I love this movie.
1: I love this movie, too. So much. This is probably the... I want to say fourth or fifth time I've seen this.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. It's probably my third. Mm-hmm. This is Mike Flanagan's... We're going to talk a lot about Mike Flanagan, so Mm -hmm. strap in. Uh, His second real feature, after Absentia, which is a movie he made for $75,000 in his apartment. Oh, boy. Have Um, you seen that one? I have not. Neither have I. But I think it was also on Netflix at some point. Again, Netflix just loves him.
1: Anyway. I do, too. I don't blame them.
0: This was based on a short film that he made in 2005. Wow. Called Oculus, Chapter 3, The Man with the Plan. The the gist, just to speed past some of the history of this, is that he had this idea, he wanted to make the movie, he had these different, like, short films. And we actually, we just watched the short film mm-hmm. to prepare for this.
1: Seconds ago, in fact.
0: Uh, it's about half an hour long.
1: It's on YouTube if anyone's interested in expanding their Oculus knowledge. Yeah. Uh, he
0: he couldn't get this idea funded. He He made... The short film, it was a big hit at festivals. Everyone was like, okay, we got to make this. But every time he took it to studios or the people reached out, uh, they wanted it to be a found footage horror film. And he turned them down.
1: Oh, that's uh, interesting to think about. I understand that impulse, but...
0: Keep in mind, also, 2005 was a long time ago. Right. The the era of horror between 2005 and... They probably made this in early 2013, I bet. Mm-hmm. Um. Is a whole generation, right? Like, that's from, that's from like the Amityville horror to. Yeah. That's a whole uh, And it's I so feel much. like
1: found footage horror films were really, really big in that time period. Of course
0: they were, right? A lot of so, the ones we've
1: watched for this podcast, found footage horror films, have been from that time period. I
0: think Paranormal Activity is, like 2007, 2008, period. It was
1: 2009. There's was no it way it theaters. was. I was in my freshman year of college. Regardless. <laughs> Regardless, because I'm correct.
0: I like to loop back to the short film, once we've talked about the movie, because we can kind of compare them a bit. I agree. But eventually, he was able to find someone, uh, Intrepid Media, something like that, who funded this. Uh, they put several semi-famous people in it, namely Karen Gillan, Rory Cochrane, and, um, Katie Sackhoff. hmm And... They're, like,
1: nerd famous. I just realized, thinking about Karen Gillan and Katie Sackhoff, I don't know that they're, like famous to people who aren't nerds. They're kind of famous. Karen Gillan, at the time, was really famous for Doctor Who, and Katie Sackhoff is obviously famous for Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. K- and Roy Cochrane
0: did all kinds of stuff.
1: I don't know him very well.
0: He was in Days and Confused. I've never seen that movie. Almost 30 years ago. No. Um, <laughs> but let's let's talk about this movie. Uh, it got made. It turned out really, really good. It suddenly, it got uh, funded in part by Blumhouse... Our favorite um, Academy Award-nominated studio, Blumhouse. (laughs) Um, And WWE Studios, for reasons that I tried to research but can't seem to find out... They just wanted to make a solid investment. <laughs> this
1: movie's truly collaborative.
0: <laughs> I mean, again, I don't know how they had multiple production companies involved because it cost only five million dollars to make this movie. Man. Like, they didn't need to raise that much money in the first place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this is a very low budget movie, but it looks great. it looks
1: amazing. That's so surprising.
0: Uh, and it turned a quite a good profit. It made about forty five million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, again, everyone who invested in this made made a lot of money on it. Yeah. Um. I don't know why the WWE got involved in this.
1: (laughs) I can't tell you. All
0: right, so let's talk about this movie, which we love, and it's going to be... I think it's going to be hard to stay on track, because I I want to just, like...
1: I agree. I agree. I'm going to want to go off on tangents, yeah. We'll have to try to stay as on track as possible. The
0: premise of the film is that there is a antique mirror, the Lasser glass, Mm -hmm. which um, has tormented people (laughs) through history. A long and sordid history, this glass. Um... And more specifically, a woman named Kaylee, played by Karen Gillan as an adult, has acquired it and is trying to defeat the evil within it.
1: Not defeat the evil within it. She's trying to prove to the world that this glass is evil. She's not interested in, like... I think it's a little bit of both. Well, I think that it it has to end with her killing it because one must defeat the other. Yes. But she doesn't care about, like, the evil must be destroyed. She wants to prove everybody wrong, right?
0: R- right. Okay, so right. you're jumping ahead to um, the reason for her encounter as an adult is because of some fucked up shit that happened to their family in the other narrative, because this movie keeps cutting between 2002 and 2013. hmm The children of the... Do we know their last name?
1: Family? Uh, I think it might be Russell. That's what it was in the short film.
0: I'll take it. Um, (laughs) Russell.
1: I want to look it up real quick. Kaylee and Tim Russell, I'm pretty sure it is. That that sounds right to me. It is! Well done. Killing it. Of the Russell family.
0: um, They move into this new house. They've got this mirror. And it...
1: The dad purchased it for his office. He's got like a home office. Yeah. And it's part of their, like, you know, we're gonna buy antiques for this new beautiful house that we have. In two weeks, as Kaylee tells us immediately, in two weeks, destroys their lives, um, drives the mother insane, and uh, possesses the father. I think it's, like, kind of the best word for it. It's not a demon, but what it does is it really does take him over yeah, um, and force him to kill the mother and... Uh, the son kills the father and so he's been institutionalized for the last 11 years
0: right yeah, yeah. so again I just think is...
1: that that's that's to me the premise part that that is the most important is that like the son Tim his name is Tim Tim Russell he is being released uh, f- like into the world for the first time after being institutionalized for 11 years uh, for killing his father and the first thing that his sister does is like okay you're out let's destroy this thing together and prove to the world that we were that you're not a murderer and that dad's not a murderer.
0: Right. Because um, apparently this
1: this has not just been something that happened to them. This has haunted them, right, their whole lives. Like she has been called crazy. He has been called crazy. And she's trying to prove that this thing really is malicious.
0: Right. And again, these are these are braided narratives throughout the film. Um they're so intertwined that I don't know that there's a way for us to talk about it without like we can't preserve the suspense and mystery of the no. gradual drip of information.
1: And like the, how nonlinear it becomes. Yeah. It's very there's a point in this movie where it's very confusing what's happening when.
0: Which is again is very intentional. Right. Yes, like, of course. It, it's bef- amazing. Before it devolves into entropy, even then <laughs> the way that it keeps cutting back and forth is like very difficult to talk about in terms of a, a recap, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think you, you set the stage really well for what is happening in two thousand and two, which is I mean, it's just gradually mm-hmm. it it drives Marie. The, the, well, bo- really, both the parents, because again, I, yeah. I agree that but possession Marie, is not the... It's a
1: very different thing for both of them, right? Because for Marie, it takes her to a place of like what we would call insanity. She literally loses her mind. She's convinced that he's having an affair. She stops really mothering. She doesn't buy food. She doesn't like... She just s- spends all her time like staring at this mirror and fighting with the husband. And she's just like losing all of her senses, mm-hmm. whereas the husband, he continues for a very long time, up until probably like the last moment of his life, kind of just pretending like everything's okay.
0: Well, he's he's more aggressive, right? And he's like more secretive.
1: He's secretive, but he's completely withdrawn, whereas Marie very quickly like... um I'm thinking of like a very specific scene where like you see them having dinner and like, the, you know, when they first move in and she's like very happy and lovely and she loves her children and she's cooked this nice meal for them. And then there's a scene that has to be only like probably a week later um, where the husband is missing because he's somewhere and the children are sitting there um, eating, I guess, like soup and she's made a bunch of like burned toasts for them and she's just drinking wine and she's like begging them for information about the the woman in dad's office, this whole kind of, like, idea of this affair um, that she's obsessed with. And she can see her kind of giving attention to whichever child can give her more information about uh, this woman. So she, I think that her, like, the way that the mirror affects her becomes much more, it's much more, like, I think, easy to understand. Sure. Right, don't you think? Yeah. Whereas the dads it's much more complicated.
0: Mm-hmm. I, don't, I want to talk about the the mirror as an entity a lot later. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, like that's the that's the gist of what goes on in the 2002. I mm-hmm. will say this now, and it might come up again. I don't love the 2002 narrative. Mm-hmm. I think that it's super necessary. Yes. I think it's very important to like the DNA of this movie, and I'm I guess I'm glad that it's there, but at the same time. The actual content of the flashbacks is not super interesting to me.
1: I think it has a few really, really, really scary moments. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I agree with you. The best parts are the parts um, in 2013 with the yeah. two of them.
0: Um, Would you transition? Yeah. I just wanted to, to, to sort of say that, like, the... I, at least for this episode, want to sort of gloss over the narratives in the narrative of 2002, because they don't... Again, like, the nitty-gritty of the gradual slow burn of them being driven mad and being driven to violence, um, unfortunately, is not that interesting to me. Again, it is crucial. The fact that it takes as long as it does and the fact that we see all the iterations of, you know, things going badly is Mm -hmm. very important. But...
1: But you're right, though. I think that the practiced, the scientific method of the 2013 Mm -hmm. is more interesting than just, like, the kind of 2002 haunting. And again, like, there are some really scary moments in that kind of... 2002 haunting, but it could be any other movie. You know, yeah. it could be Amityville or The Conjuring, things like that. What makes this movie intensely special is the 2013. So parts. let's talk about this.
0: As you said, Tim is um, released from psychiatric hospital into Kaylee's care and Kaylee immediately is like, you promised you never forget about what happened. The truth. The truth about what happened and takes him to her house. Their where house. She, their house. Where she has set up like, the most high-tech, like, <laughs> like scheme to document this. I mean, she has, like, multiple cameras on multiple different circuits. She has, like, temperature control. She has, like, alarms.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Food, water, like, everything you could possibly think of.
0: She's thought of everything. And the, the
1: most important thing.
0: They have a fail-safe, which is that because she's done all this research, and she has, like, a fairly lengthy monologue about the history of the lasser glass, and all of the people who it is has harmed throughout history, and all mm-hmm. of her research that she's done. Mm-hmm. Um, Pictures she's holding up to the cameras and everything like that. Th- everyone who comes in contact with this ends up dead and mutilated in one form or another, and mm-hmm. it's very different. So what she has set up is this failsafe that if the two of them are not alive, to uh, manually reset a... Um, timer. A timer. Then a... What look? Like, what is it? It's, it's a... an
1: anchor. She, I think she calls it a yacht anchor, but it's,
0: it's not an anchor. It's like a.
1: It is, but it's on a swinging thing.
0: It's a pendulum. Um, that's what I'm it's, saying. It's you... sharp though.
1: Yeah, anchors are sharp.
0: I suppose it doesn't look like an anchor. It looks more like that's a. What, it's um... a yacht
1: anchor. That's oh. what that's what she says. It's a yacht. It's it doesn't look like a ship's anchor. It's a yacht anchor. It's fairly small, but it's on a pendulum so that if if it like if the timer goes up, it will swing down. And hit them where the mirror is with like a lot of force
0: and theoretically destroy it. Yes, um, which we should also mention that there is only one crack in the mirror,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which we come to learn is from when they encountered it as children in two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Um, I do
1: want to talk about that later because yeah, yeah, for sure things about it.
0: Um, but that is the only time that the mirror any harm has come to the mirror like physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if the if there is a in Kaylee's theorem, if there is a supernatural presence in the mirror, it is going to skew towards self-preservation, so it is not going to kill them off, because it needs them to keep resetting the timer and prevent the anchor from destroying yes, the mirror itself. Yes, yes. Um, which, again, is, is brilliant. It's extra-
1: Everything she does is brilliant. Everything that she has set up is incredible, and, you want, and because of that, you want to root for her so badly. You want her to win... Yeah, like I I want her to win more than anything else in this this whole world. She it's not even the fact that she's likable. I don't actually find her that likable as a character, um, but she has is so prepared that it's 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 so unfortunate how this movie unfolds. Like well, despite all of her best efforts. That being
0: said, the thing that I love probably most about it isn't just like the level of preparation because again it it sucks the viewer in so quickly because you you believe her um but also the push and pull of like because Tim has i guess been conditioned that like none of this happened and that it was all delusion right and he's yeah. literally fresh out of a psychiatric hospital yes. so as soon as as soon as like you know Kaylee's monologuing about like to the camera again because she's documenting this about all of this stuff and Tim is like no you like you're you're delusional I can't believe that you are still like on this. Like, this didn't happen. He's
1: feeling a lot of pity for her, also, yeah. right? He's sad for her because he's had these 11 years of treatment where they've been able to show him all of the like ways in which he was just a child and he didn't realize what he was seeing. Um, but you really like, I don't think that he's very convincing.
0: Well, I think there are points in which he is, right? But every time, that's this is again, this is what I love is that every time that it goes far enough to the point where like, Oh, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe Kaylee is a little unhinged because she starts behaving like a little, like frantic, Erra- very and, erratically. and desperate. Yes, right. And so once, because at
1: first things aren't happening, right, right.
0: Once yeah. the movie takes you there, of like, God, maybe, maybe Kaylee like <laughs> is obsessed with this to an unhealthy point, then. Suddenly Tim starts talking about, well, maybe we should just disable the anchor and go home. Yeah, And then they find out that the cameras have been turned around and they find out that the plants are dead. The
1: best, one of the best parts in the beginning that is like this that I love and it is, it's everything that they talk about in the monologue where like the the mirror will defend itself to such an unbelievable degree that it will manipulate you even if you don't realize it. Where Tim's like, just smash it, Kaylee, just do it. And she's like, okay, Tim, go ahead and smash it. And he picks up a chair, and he's literally, like, about to smash it. And he's like, Kaylee, let's talk for a second about your mental health. And she's like, look, why did you put it down? Like, look what you just did. Yeah. And it's so genius the way that that happens it's so good and it's the same thing with like the dog thing right yeah where they have this dog named mason and there's this whole bit where you see the mom lock mason in the office and then you see later that he is he has gone and you see acting wise on marie's face she is baffled right like she doesn't know what's going on she's confused she locked the dog in the office and now he's missing and he's completely just vanished into thin air and then uh, Tim talks with the whole thing about how no Kaylee uh, he probably just had this disease and that's why the plants died and don't you remember how mom said this thing and dad said this thing and Mason probably just died and we just we attach He talks about the fuzzy trace theory where you, you yeah. just you pick different events and you attach them uh, in your mind and like the in those moments you're like yes the yeah. fuzzy trace theory exists he is correct
0: but again then they walk back in and they check the footage and they see that while they were talking about all of this, while they were having this conversation about whether or not this is real, for
1: our eyes out in the
0: living room, yeah, right. They, the the camera footage shows that they were actually turning the cameras to face each other, so that the cameras weren't recording anything <sighs> of of meaning, and like they had no idea. It's so good. It's like it, it again. It t- the way that the stakes are raised continually is just so brilliant. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the movie. I mean, again, we don't want to we don't want to go beat for beat, but from then on out. It is just, like, the blurring of reality. Like, both mm-hmm. between... There are all these, like, great match cuts between what's going on in 2002 and what's going on in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, just some impeccable editing. And the... I mean, there, like, like, there are things like the, the phone calls from the fiancé, which are supposed to happen every hour, start, like, being a little bit off, but then Kaylee is smart enough to know that, like, maybe that's not, that's even, not even real. Him,
1: yeah, because he potentially is saying the same thing every time. There's a point where we hear it, and he just goes, okay. And I'm like, isn't that what he says yeah. the first time? Like, possibly it's just the same recording over and over.
0: But even recording, and it doesn't need to be like... We don't need a um, an actual explanation of it. It's just that, like, in her mind...
1: That's what I was going to say. That's the thing that's so confusing about this, is that, like, Kaylee has thought of everything. She is so smart about this, like we said, where she has the cameras and they're all, you know, that's the objective point of view, right, is what we're seeing on the screens. And there's, but there's all these times where you're like, what am I as a viewer supposed to trust? Because there's another moment that's very simple related to that same moment of like them turning the cameras where you see Kaylee and she's walking up to the mirror and Tim is behind her and he's looking at the screens. And what he sees is her walking up to the camera. Like he sees her face looking, like, really close to the camera, but for us, we're seeing her in front of the mirror. Yeah, And I don't actually know... Do you think that the camera is always true, or do you think that it can manipulate cameras, too?
0: I don't know that it matters. Uh, I think that, like... But
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, if, can we trust anything?
0: No, no, no. We can't trust anything. I think that, like, maybe the camera is supposed to be the sort of objective, grounded truth. Um,
1: it's definitely supposed to be. That's her
0: but point I do view. Yeah, I don't know. Um... Because, again, like, where this conclusion leads, like, at the end of the movie, would be resolved differently if the footage is...
1: Yes! Yeah. Because he looks right, right before he disables the, the alarm. Right. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes. That's what, that's what I was saying, is that, like, I don't think you can trust anything. And I think that, like, that's part of why, in, in a different movie, that might be frustrating. You know that it might be like, oh well, what can I trust? You can just do whatever the fuck you want if you don't have like a a baseline. But that's what makes this mirror so scary to me is that like she's thought of everything and it still it it out her at every turn, and it's so aggravating and frustrating to watch like as a viewer, but in like the best way.
0: Yeah, I mean the result of this is that like the movie itself is a movie about illusion and deception and madness, mm-hmm. right? So like just as the characters have no idea what the reality is. For example, um another one of my favorite scenes is when Kaylee takes a bite of an apple and then suddenly she sees that she's taken a bite of a light bulb mm-hmm. and she's got like glass in her mouth and it's like mm-hmm. very horrifying. And then Tim comes up and, no, it's just an apple. It's,
1: it's the apple, which is like, it's like, turn, turn, right?
0: Yeah. Um, or also, like, uh, like did, did her fiancé, like, come in and get stabbed in the neck? Or is he on the phone? Or, like, which one of those is... Like, it's all these right, things... Right, because like, then what
1: she does is she's like, oh, I'm going to use my phone to tell what's real. And it's like, you still can't right. trust that.
0: Uh, again, I just think it's like, it's very brilliant the way that, it, like, it, it manipulates percept- both perception and reality in a way mm. that... Again, it just totally disorients the viewer. I think that's the like that's the real mm-hmm. trick here, right? Like, you can show us characters being disoriented and confused, but that is a completely different thing from actually pulling off that same like bamboozle on the audience. Mm-hmm. And this movie pulls it off completely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In the you know theme of that deception stuff, one of my favorite aspects of this movie is is everything that happens on the phones. Like I just mm-hmm. said about how like you don't know that. That that When she has that... We see the first time she has a phone call with her fiancé, we see him, like, in a different space. Um, So we know that that is real because it's happening miles away from the mirror. Um, But then, presumably, every time we hear him from then on, it might be that same first conversation. Right. Like, it may never be him again. It may just be kind of like the mirror um, like, formulating something. something, Yeah. Using what it already heard and and, and creating that. Because even though this mirror, this is what I love about it, even though this mirror, um, is old, it's extremely old, it's 300 years old, it manipulates technology very easily. And one of my other favorite parts of that is, um, when there are children, and again, this is happening in two weeks, it's like, it's all so fast, but there's a point where, um, their mother is, like, bedridden she is gone from their lives yeah um she has t- tried to kill them once or tried to at least quote unquote get them and her uh, their father locked her up in the bedroom and is like your mother's sick but she's
0: sick. literally chained to the wall but like
1: yeah but they don't know that they don't right. know that at this point they just know that she's gone and so they try to talk to their dad about uh you know can can we do anything like what's help with mom and he's like she's sick so they call a doctor mm-hmm. they go to the phone book and they try to call these doctors and every time that they call, the person says the same thing, which is, you're going to have to have your father call. And apparently, what we hear Kaylee say is that it's the same voice every time. So, the, you know, the mirror has gotten into the phones. Yeah. And then, 11 years later, there's a point where Tim picks up the phone to call 911. He goes outside, or maybe he was never outside. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> and he calls, and we hear that voice say you're going to have to have your father call. And it is, like, the most eerie, bone-chilling thing to me that, like, not only does this mirror replicate these voices over and over, it remembered that voice 11 years later. And it remembers to them. To fuck with them! Yeah. Like, it It has, like, a memory. It knows. It, it's so, like, human in that way. It's very interesting. Um,
0: I don't know that human is the word I would use to no, describe it. No, but, like... Alive.
1: Alive, yes, completely.
0: Well, there is sort of an an answer to that, which is that like, and we're sort of moving into the the end of the plot here, but at some point Tim does actually call nine one one because he does yes. at the end of the movie um, they emer- show up the yeah. emergency services shows up, but sort of the last I guess probably like fifteen minutes of the two thousand thirteen stuff uh, is I think like some of the like most terrifying, intense, mm-hmm. and brilliant stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're outside. Or they might be outside, and they are trying to call. I think that's when.
1: That's when you hear the voice. The, yes. Yeah, the voice,
0: and they look in the window and they see themselves because they're like, standing, "We're just going to wait
1: here. We're just going to wait here."
0: Outside of its like radius, we're out.
1: We're safe. We just await. Your kill switch is going to happen. We're done.
0: But they see themselves like their their bodies in the window, standing in front of the mirror, like blocking the anchor. Yeah. So like they would be killed. Yes. And,
1: and how? Who? What do you trust?
0: Yeah, and look like, they don't they don't know. Like are they in there? Are they out here like they don't know. Is it a trick?
1: What is it? Um,
0: yeah. Um I don't again, I don't even know that I know. I don't know uh, either.
1: I don't I don't know if there's an answer.
0: Um but it's just it's just a do you wanna move into this like sort of tragic finale?
1: Yes. It's so sad. It made me actually extra sad. This time I actually almost started crying because it is it is the most um don't you think, like cut together? 2002, 2013, wise. Yeah, like yeah, everything, everything is happening like two seconds, two seconds, two seconds, flashing back because a lot of it is paralleling everything. Right up to this point, time has become so unreal. Yeah, that like it's there great. are moments where Big Kaylee is like walking up the stairs and Little Tim is walking down them, or they're both in the bathroom together and uh, Tim turns to say something to Kaylee and it's but it's Little Kaylee. Or it's the other way around and they're interacting with their past selves and their parents are walking around the house even though it's them as adults so there's just like it's all kind of it's one of my favorite things is that idea of like it's the same night yeah right like we're just repeating history which also is so sad it's so tragic um but in the 2002 version uh Marie has been killed because she has completely lost it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like you know, she just she's at that point. But the dad has a gun, and he kills her. Um, and then the the children are in the office, and all of the demony people come out of the yeah mirror. It's not the most. We don't really talk about. It, I am yeah. not that interested in the actual people who come out of the mirror. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. I don't when we really talk about need the to. actual mirror. Um... But the father has the gun, he tries to choke Kaylee, uh, and while he's doing that, Tim gets the gun. We
0: should say this, this young actress uh, gets choked a lot. Yeah,
1: by both her father and her mother within, like, ten minutes of each other. Um, <laughs> this poor girl. Yeah, I felt, This is why Kaylee's so fucked up, everybody. I felt
0: very sorry for her, because she gets choked way too I much. I like
1: that actress, too. I didn't say that earlier, but she's in... Both the kids are pretty good. I like her a lot. She's a New Girl. That's where oh. I know her from. Yeah. Um, But, so, Tim has the gun, he points it at his father... And uh, in this incredibly lucid moment, he's been nothing but, like, terrifying for the past week, we can probably say. And um, in this moment of, of lucidity, he, like, takes... He holds the trigger for his son and pulls the trigger and falls back against the mirror, and that is what gave the mirror its crack.
0: It's it's one only injury.
1: It's one little injury. is because the father falls back against it very hard. And so and then you see like you know emergency services comes and takes him away. So this is all cut together with what's happening in 2013. 13. Do you want to talk about that?
0: Um yeah, I mean like the the gist is that like uh they call the mirror's bluff. Um and again, this is all blended together. It's like so confusing cuz they're also mm-hmm. being like Scared by
1: yeah, and they keep getting separated. Yeah, they like we. I don't know where any of them are at any particular time because they're together and then they're apart, and we have no idea how that. Yeah,
0: happened. and again, I can't. I can't really summarize that, but like the um is that yeah. uh the timer goes off.
1: Yeah, and... and Tim is against the mirror. Right, he's 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 sitting with his back to it. He wakes up. He sees that the timer is almost done, mm-hmm. and he's like oh, and he stands up and he freaks out because he, like, realizes that the mirror almost just tried to kill him. Yeah. And he walks over to where the kill switch is and he looks at the screen, right? Yeah. And there's, it's just the mirror. And as this is happening, we see Kaylee and she's walking into the office and there's nobody there, but it looks like the dad, it looks like it's 2002. Right. And she walks in and her mother is there looking like she did before, not horrifying, like she ends up being. And she opens her arms to her, like, out of the mirror. And so Kaylee, of course, because she's fucked up and (laughs) underloved, (laughs) goes to the mirror to hug her mother. And at that exact moment, Tim flips the switch, and and the anchor comes down to her and kills her. And kills Kaylee. (laughs) It's so hard to watch. It, like, is so painful.
0: Uh, I mean, I, I, I... I totally agree, but I also want to say, like, I think it's the best part of this movie is is. that they lose. Yeah. They lose to this entity beyond comprehension, and, like, the, the whole ending sequence of, like, the cops show up in 2013, and they dragged him away, and it's cut with... Him like, getting dragged away. And, my, and and young Kaylee screaming, promise me that you'll never forget. Yeah. And, like... and
1: he's screaming. This is what really got me this time. This is when I got like choked up. Is he's screaming. It's the mirror. It was the mirror both times. Mm-hmm. So it's... The editing is flawless. It like cuts between young Tim and old Tim saying, it was the mirror. It was the mirror. As he's getting dragged away. Yeah. And oh my god, can you imagine being this kid's therapist? And you were like, I let him go into the world. And... A day later. He killed he his he has yeah. killed his sister and yeah. his sister's fiance, maybe. Uh and I actually don't know. We don't that's what I'm presuming. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That cause he's he's in the window at the end. Kaylee and the fiance are in the window at the end. Oh yeah. Like looking out at him, like smiling. Well
0: the parents are there too. The parents
1: are there in two thousand two.
0: Oh man, that's so confusing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's fucked up. And it's so sad. And I just honestly, this time, like I felt it really hard this time, like mm-hmm. how horrible it is. But I wrote this down in my notes. It is so narcissistic to think they could beat it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I love Kaylee. I love that she tries to do this. It is the height of narcissism, in my in my mind, to be like, yeah, let's just take it out. Let's just do it. Let's just trick it. It is so untrickable.
0: That is also the thing that I love the most about this. And Mike Flanagan said that he was inspired by like Lovecraftian horror in this, and it, it definitely shows that like in that this this thing that if you try to you try to understand it it's going to drive you mad mm-hmm. and that you cannot beat it is it is beyond like humanity right and again its its origins don't matter because whenever right. she talks about it she's like oh the, gla- uh, the Lasser glass the glass uh, first materialized in whatever the but 1700s. It could have been it
1: like it could have like it's been years. Maybe it wasn't even a mirror at one point. Maybe it was possessing something else and it moved into that mirror. Like we have no idea what this what it really is. Why do
0: you think? I think it's an object. I do think that you it, think is, it is the mirror. It is the mirror. But again, like the mirror could have been different. I mean, like mirrors, mirrors are
1: made of sand.
0: Are very yeah. very old thing. Right. Um, no, I think it's I think it's really brilliant.
1: Because I don't because there's there's some elements right that like. Some of what happens is the beings that are killed by the mirror, like they manifest as ghost zombie things. Yeah. But I don't ever believe that that's what like the mirror is, right? No, no, the no. The mirror is an old, old being.
0: I think the the reanimation, so to speak, of the victims of its victims is a just one of its tactics.
1: Yes. To
0: scare and manipulate.
1: Because the woman is what drives Marie mad, right? Right. It's the mirror, but I it's mean, also the idea of an affair.
0: Again, the thing that works about that... Yeah, because again, it, it's just... it's Those are its victims, and it uses them probably because it is a mirror, and so people look in mirrors, and so it has the visual, mm-hmm. like... So all it's doing is it's casting out that visual um, sort of stimulus mm-hmm. uh, that was put into it when someone looks in the mirror, right? right. Um yeah which again I think is really brilliant. That's the
1: cool that's the cool thing about mirrors. They're they manipulators, right? They show yeah. you something and they they, they but they don't they don't show you something real. They show right. you a reflection.
0: I do think the actual execution of the again reanimated entities is probably the least for everything about in the movie.
1: I fully agree.
0: They just look like um zombies or whatever like it's just very like cliche and Cl- not They're
1: cliche scary, right? They're not really scary. They're just kind of like dumb-looking the only moment glowing that, eyes. The only
0: moment that gets me is when it's in 2002 and, um, they open their mouths and it sounds like the alarms mm-hmm. in 2013. Isn't that when he yes. wakes up? Like, uh,
1: Yeah, I don't remember. This is, again, like, yeah. the parts of this movie that are non-linear, I never know the order of what's happening at all. There's a very... Sp- there are very specific turning mo- moments in this movie and I can't always tell you what's in between the turning moments, right?
0: Right. Uh... The Mirror, The Last Glass, will defeat us all. Um,
1: it will outlive all of us. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is, again, it is, it's brilliant that, like... And again, this is such an original, like, concept. Like, yeah. obviously the idea of this possessed item or, like, this thing beyond comprehension is not mm-hmm. itself uh completely original, but, like, we don't get a lot of horror movies that deploy it in this way, the way that this manipulates reality, the way that we have a protagonist that we trust and that we should trust because she's a kick ass. Mm-hmm. and because she she's
1: has best, okay, she has like. thought about
0: everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like the flaw of so many horror protagonists is that they make like these stupid mistakes. Dumb mistakes. Um, she does
1: make a couple of those and it's what I'm really interested in. But it's because it's because It's driving her mad. It's
0: it has beaten her. Yes. Right? It's not because she's dumb and you know, is, right. is acting irrationally. And, yeah,
1: when we talk about how this mirror, it, like, eats dogs and it kills plants, and, like, they don't talk much about what it's doing to your brain. Yeah, But you see it happen so quickly that, like, when that moment where she kicks over the uh, potted plant. Yeah. Remember? And it, there's no reason to do that. Like, Kaylee, don't do that. The, she has this whole obsession in the beginning with keeping everything very organized and neat so that very scientific Mm -hmm. she says specifically i love i don't remember the exact phrase but it's something like i am here to prove that there is a observable entity in this mirror Mm -hmm. scientifically observable and i'm like yes kaylee fucking like get it you are so smart but when she kicks over that planner it starts to mess with her and that's how she ends up maybe killing her fiance is because she doesn't know what shards of glass are real Or plate or ceramic or whatever. And if she'd never kicked over that planner, there wouldn't have been anything real to kill him with. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it frustrates me that she does that because it's so un Kaylee to do. Yeah. But it's part of the mirror eating away at her.
0: The way that this movie is ultimately, like, it is this battle between Kaylee, people, but specifically Kaylee and the Lasser Glass, is just, again, because Kaylee is such a great protagonist. It's just, it it, it makes it so much more tragic. It makes the movie Mm -hmm. so much stronger. And one of those, again, I think, I honestly, I think the strongest thing about this movie is that the evil wins. Is that, like, this is not a problem that is resolved. Because it doesn't need to be resolved. And it doesn't need a sequel. And, like...
1: No, no. It's it's actually unusual for me because I really prefer uh, happy endings in horror movies. And Hush, another Mike Flanagan movie, has a very satisfying happy like the happiest well, ending that, that could possibly be. Horror
0: movies don't always need to have happy endings, but they need usually closure. Yeah. I don't I don't want to say need, but they usually have some sense I'm of closure. I'm saying preference
1: wise, I sure. usually like ones that end happily with someone defeating evil or whatever. And in this, the fact that she doesn't, it's but it's a testament to how powerful this entity is. Okay. That I believe it and I like it.
0: I actually prefer horror a lot of horror movies without closure because I think if you pull off if you stick that landing of like y- you don't know if the evil has been defeated, specifically if you don't know. This one is obvious that the evil right. has not been defeated, but movies where you don't know something like I'm thinking of like the ending of Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween, yeah. where it's just all those shots of like the neighborhood and the city of like.
1: I was gonna say that's a very classic. Like, I mean, I was thinking a little bit dumber, but Friday the Thirteenth that was like happy ending, hooray, and then it's like no. He, yeah, Here he is, but, like, it's that, it's that last moment. And sometimes it doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it does, where it's, like, it's that last moment or last jump scare where you thought you were safe and then you're not. Mm-hmm. That's a very big, like, thing in horror movies that I sometimes love and sometimes hate. This is, like, they never had a chance, right? Like, you believe it for a point that maybe she's going to defeat this thing, but, like, it is way more powerful than her, and it's old, older and... Which, bigger and
0: again ties back to the the unfortunately nihilistic like those those cosmic horror tropes that I love, especially at this point in my life. I think I like I'm more into cosmic horror now than I ever have been, and it's just like it's all I want. I want that like that unknowable, that undefeatable. Mm-hmm. Like it's why I love annihilation so much because it's like yes. we will never understand what what this, this is. thing is.
1: Well, I do love that about the mirror. One of the parts of this movie that I think are kind of funny, like they're funny when I think about them in a dark way. But I I love thinking of this mirror as like a thi- as like a a thing and a live thing mm-hmm. because one of the, some of the parts I love the most are when the dad is like fully he is fully mirror dad um, and he doesn't like know their names yeah. that's a big thing about it that I think it's hysterical he only calls her princess and him sport or champ or something like that. Yeah. Um, I just think it's so funny that this mirror is like, I'm not gonna learn these fucking kids' names. All kids are called Princess and Champ or whatever. Like, I don't care. And that, like, there's a... Oh, I love this scene so much. The kids come into his office Mm -hmm. to yell at him, and he's just standing. He's just... He's always... His eyes are always heavy-lidded too when he's talking to them. And he's uh, standing with his arms crossed in front of his desk, and they're like, Dad, we don't have any food. And he's like, What's that, Princess? And, uh... She's like, "Food, Dad." And he goes, "It's on my list." He just says, "It's on my list" over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then there's the scene where there's the two lights behind him and they're they're both burning out as he's talking to them. And he's talking about like, "Okay, kids, like your your mom is uh needs to stay upstairs, but you can feel free to play in here." But he's only calling them princess and sport or whatever, and it is just so creepy, but it like, it but it's so, it's so realized this this thing. Like it is so it has a brain, right? Like, it has thoughts. It is so manipulative. Oh, I love it so much.
0: I love this movie. I love this movie. Is there anything else we to talk about?
1: I do want to talk about Kaylee very briefly because um, she's very interesting to me. I already said I really love her, but I also think she's interestingly flawed as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a fiancé, which I don't really understand because everything we know about her is that she has one focus and it is getting this mirror and we she's on she works at an auction house. she's like a
0: um, art dealer or like a not an art but like the, the, antiques dealer. antiques
1: dealer and in my in my opinion she is only getting this job to track down this glass right like right. her whole career is based off of this and she works at the same place as her fiance which and so quickly
0: to be fair uh makes sense it ruined her life. No,
1: I'm not judging her. I'm just saying that, like, for her to have a fiancé, I wondered at first if she had just... She doesn't have time for romance? No. And I had wondered if she had, like, pursued him specifically because he worked at this auction house. Or that he, like... but Or she got to work at the auction house and he surprised her and became someone she actually did love. I just don't know the answer to Mm -hmm. that. Because in my brain, she is so singularly focused to a point where, like she has, like, you know, this is her job, right? She's at the auction. She has this glass. The reason she's able to get it is because she's tell she's told them that they want it, that the guy who bought it wants it specially cleaned, so she has to take it herself. Right. And if she destroys this glass, her career's over. Her job is over. She's getting fired immediately. She will probably lose her fiancé because he'll be like, why did you destroy this glass that sold for, like, $15 million? Like, nothing she's doing is making real to be fair real life sense. The movie
0: addresses this. Of course it does. Tim Tim uses this argument against her. Yes. To be like, this is like what is your of course, ending here? This I'm is irrational. I'm questioning
1: the movie. I'm questioning her as a character. Okay. Because it makes me wonder if she ever thought she was going to have a life after it was gone. Her so much is based on it her having a life after this is gone is like, no one will think I'm crazy anymore. I'll have cleared my father's name and cleared Tim's name. In reality, in what she's actually doing, destroying her life, mm-hmm. has she just not put thought into that, or is she assuming that whatever happens after this doesn't matter? I, it doesn't I matter if she that. goes to jail, right? As like, long as it's gone.
0: As long, well, yeah, as long as the truth is out there, I think so. Right.
1: I just think that's so interesting. I just think that like she's so smart mm-hmm. and she's so great, <laughs> but she
0: is also sort of, like, short-sighted. She's
1: been, well, I mean, even when this mirror isn't around, it's been driving her crazy, right? Like, she has these horrible nightmares. Like, she's never been okay, even though she seems to have a lot in her life that's gone well, and how there's, like, a part of this that's like, just forget about it, Kaylee. Like, you have a fiancé, you have a good job, your brother is out... You can have a good relationship with him now. Just let it go. But she would, of course, never do that. Right. It's just one of the, another one of those things about this movie that's like, you want her to succeed and you want her to win, but also winning could be just yeah letting go of it. <laughs> it's so frustrating. But again,
0: again, I I love that aspect of the movie because yes. uh, because the mirror always wins.
1: Yes, that's my favorite thing. Actually, is the one moment the mirror doesn't win, which is when it is cracked, when the father hits it, and it's like is the only reason that was able to work. Because I think you said this, like, it it never allows itself to be hurt in any right. possible way. So how on earth did did that work? Because it doesn't get cracked when it hits Kaylee, right? Like, it's still fine. So why did the dad falling against it hit it? And my theory is because it's the only time the mayor has ever been surprised. Like, it did not expect the dad to save his the son. The, his son. And that, like, this mirror doesn't understand love. Right, And I love, like, of course I love that. I love this, like, big, big, scary, eldritch horror being like, ha ha ha, I'm going to manipulate these families and they're all going to kill each other, but not understanding that kind of, like, this father's love for his son that he would not do that. And right. it's just, and that, but that's, and that's the mirror's only weakness. It's very...
0: That's great. It's wonderful. stuff. I love it so much. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is just quickly, very quickly, returning to the short film, The Man with a Plan. Um, because I think that, uh, a huge percentage of what is great about Oculus 2014, Mm -hmm. 2013, the core of that is in this 2005 short film, Mm -hmm. um, all of the stuff about, the extended, the extended monologue about the history of the or Glass, Mm -hmm. all the examples of things that have happened. All
1: the alarms and food and an IV and all this whole kind of like... All the, yeah, the
0: cameras. Yeah. Um, the core of that is all... In the original concept for this, which I love, it even—I mean, it even has the scary father and like going in my office thing. Yeah, because they—they
1: um, they do it really cleverly, right? Because it has to be like it's on a tape and it's on. Um, he talks about it as he's slowly kind of going mad. He describes it, so they have to do it in a very different way than just showing us, like, right, a lot like a feature film can show us. But this movie had to like do it in a little, yeah, more subtle. And way.
0: It, it also devolves into the complete lack of knowledge of what's real. You know, we're seeing different things on the camera screen that we're seeing mm-hmm. in the like sort of like real world. The, mm-hmm. the the short film takes place all in one room. It's just one guy in a room with the mirror and all of his equipment. Mm-hmm. Um it's like as low budget as it gets, right? Yeah. But the what what really impressed me watching it is that like Mike Flanagan knew what he wanted to do with this. Again
1: And like we said all the really interesting stuff with the mirrors and the trying to trick the mirror is present in that movie. That's the that is the core of Oculus. Yeah, and that is it, present in the short film.
0: And even even the the stuff that like because again it's all just in the room, but we know in the short film that he's coming back as an adult. Yes, to defeat this thing. Yes, uh, and again the the feature length film. Expands on that with this like second narrative,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which, which again, is, which
1: I, I do like. I like. I said I like the way I love the way they intersect.
0: I'm glad it's there. I think that many of the ways they intersect is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just so I'm just so impressed by Mike Flanagan's patience mm-hmm. um, that he he didn't give in and make this found footage. That he finally got his shot to make what is really his like first like feature film. With a like budget over like, mm-hmm. whatever seven, seventy five thousand dollars, whatever Angela was, like he he got his shot and he nailed it. Yeah, and so much of what makes this brilliant. good would
1: not be good if it was a found footage. Of course, yeah. So much of what we like the whole we've talked about cameras versus reality, we could not see that if this was found right. footage. I understand the impulse, legitimately, because this is all about cameras, but like we would lose so much of what makes this film good if we were just seeing what a camera was seeing.
0: Yeah, no, because uh, he, he's talking about that in interviews, about like, found footage has to be to some extent objective, right? You have to believe what you're seeing in the camera, and that just does not work for Oculus. This it story, just does not work. right.
1: Uh, I do also love how the short film became the movie, I love Mm -hmm. the, like, idea of introducing there being two siblings, because then you have Tim as the skeptic, and I love the skeptic elements of Oculus. Definitely. Like, there's nobody in that to be that person in the short film, but, like, we've talked about, like, Tim being like, just smash it, and going, transitioning into, like, you cannot kill this thing, uh, is so great. Um, The one thing that I thought the short film really did well that didn't transition into the movie is there's a part of the feature-length film where... The dad says, he kind of just mutters it, I've met my demons and they are many. I've seen the devil and he is me. And in the movie, you're kind of like, why? What's yeah. that? What's the point of that? And in the short film, he it's on a tape recorder and it's when he's really losing his mind and the tape recorder turns on and it's he, and it's his voice and he starts saying that over and over again. Mm-hmm. I've met my demons and they are many. I've seen the devil and he is me. And for whatever reason, in that context... Knowing those are words you've said before, but not remembering you saying them into a tape recorder, yeah. that is very scary.
0: I mean, also, I think it makes more sense in that context, because in the short film, it is a man in a room going mad. Right. Right. And so, like, the fact that he has... he ha- he is the architect of his own undoing... Uh, yes. Even more explicitly. Yes. Because again, it's
1: just him in this room, everything that happens is because he doesn't just walk, get up and leave the room. As
0: you've talked about, Kaylee does that too, right? Like Kaylee could have moved on with her life, right? Right. But in the short film, it is so distilled into this. Mm-hmm. I agree that it it doesn't work as well in the the movie. The movie, the, the movie. But like, also, it's kind of a nitpick, right? Like,
1: it's a huge nitpick. Uh, but I just, it was so funny hearing that line said in the short film, right. like, whoa, that's fucking frightening. I, I agree. I'm like yeah. losing my mind a little bit. It was very cool. Do you want to play my favorite game?
0: What's your favorite game?
1: My favorite game is whenever someone when I know watches this movie, I ask them, how would you defeat the mirror? And I know we've already said, it's unbeatable. Obviously, you would not defeat it. But if you, if you were in this position and you were like, I'm going to take that mirror down, what would you do?
0: Um, I think that, like, the core of Kaylee's plan is correct. Um, I think if there is a flaw, it is that she is in a position to be manipulated. You Mm -hmm. need more people. Yeah. And you need to... You probably actually probably... The the answer is to do it in public.
1: I think her mistake... I actually disagree with that. I think her mistake is that she feeds it. She gives it a dog. She gives it a bunch of plants. She lets it kind of eat away at her first. Uh, And I think the idea behind this is that you have to... I hear Drain it of all of its energy for a long
0: time. I think you are making assumptions about the metaphysics that the text does not present.
1: I disagree, but that's your opinion.
0: Uh, Why do you think doing it in public wouldn't work?
1: Because I think that it just has more people to feed on and more people to trick. And I don't think that, like, if you did it in public, people would believe you.
0: Well, the point is... The point is to... or Kaylee's goal is to get people to believe. And I think if you have more people out there... Because, again...
1: But what do you think it would do in public? I don't think
0: it would do It anything. has a radius, right? So there would be people outside... If you do this in Times Square, there are people outside of the radius who can still see what's but going on. But as we've
1: said, this thing is alive. It's smart. It's not, a, it's not a force field. It's not an energy. It knows things. And so, if I think if you did this in public, it would not do anything. I think part of the reason that it does what it does and is able to do what it does is because it has the ability to manipulate Kaylee and Tim in this house, whereas it doesn't. I don't think I don't think I don't think it would come out to play in Times which, Square,
0: which goes back to my original point, which is that you can't beat it.
1: What I would do, and I put a lot of thought into this, and you can tell me if you what, what wouldn't work about this. And I'm again, I'm sure it wouldn't work because it would trick me out of this in some way before it were to be able to happen.
0: And also we can't anticipate the ways in which the mirror is like it can protect itself yeah. exactly.
1: But my what I would do is I would do what I said I would drain it of all energy. I would like literally leave it locked in a storage container for centuries. Know, years, honestly. <laughs> like like leave that thing in there. And then with as, with I believe this is true, with as many people as possible present, like not just me, like many many people. Uh Take the mirror, probably still like, again, like covered, and the way that, however, people in the world transport it without being manipulated and murdered, right? Yeah. Because it's really people who are able, who live in the house with this thing. Take it somewhere, um, set up the same kind of thing an anchor, a bomb, uh, something that is going to drop on it, set a timer and leave. And not a timer that is based on anything like electrical, like literally, even you could just like, rev something up. Like, I'm again, you're looking at me with this face, like, you know the mirror would trick it somehow. Of course. But this is my point, is just that I think that, like, I think that giving it energy is the the problem. Mm -hmm. I think that being there, and this is what I was saying, narcissism, like, feeling like, I'm gonna watch you die, you terrible thing. Like, no. Just take it out somewhere and just leave. And don't feel like you have to be the one to see it die. I think that, like, this personal... Relationship that Kaylee has to it, where she like, I love that scene in the beginning where she goes up to it and she's like, "I'm sure you're hungry. I hope that still hurts." Like, it's it's so personal to her. Yeah, and that's why she wants to be there and feed it like personally. And I think that's a mistake. I think that what you should do is is take the most impersonal possible approach, make sure it's extra extra weak, and then just fucking drop something heavy on it. Done.
0: Maybe. <laughs> Again, I think the mirror always wins. Yeah. To your point earlier, trying to retort me about the mirror not coming out to play in public, uh, there is in the movie the the aspect that it was in a school and it like drove someone to suicide in a true, school. True, that's true. Um,
1: I wonder what the students like. We don't have enough information about necessarily no. like what happened to other people. Does it target someone specifically? Cause that's what it's it seems it's, like. it's in a bank too. Remember the bank yeah. person. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. You so may never many questions. Know.
0: I hope there's never a sequel to this.
1: I agree. This movie is perfect, uh, as is. Like, I mean, the last we'll thing to for like an hour, and I still a have franchise. a million things to talk about.
0: Are you ready to um, stand in front of this and... Uh,
1: no. Let I want to bury it.
0: Let the anchor kill us, because we can't beat the mirror. I can. I'll, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> I will beat this mirror. <laughs> yes, I am.
0: All right. How about you pull up that roulette, and let's find another movie.
1: A worse movie, probably. Most are. Most are correct.
0: Our next movie will be
1: Thirty Days of Night. I've never heard of this.
0: It's a vampire
1: movie. Uh, <laughs> vampires? You
0: love this was kind of a like bigish deal at some point. All right. Two thousand seven. Yeah. Okay. You don't seem excited.
1: I hate vampires. You know that. For listeners who don't know, I hate vampires. I'm very bored of them. We did Queen of the Damned like a year ago. And uh, did not help my vampire fatigue.
0: If I'm right about what I know about this movie, it is not the sexy vampire kind.
1: I don't care. I'm I'm, I'm overall vampires now. You're right that sexy vampires are my least favorite, but I I just tend to be pretty bo- like bored of them in general. Let's give it a try. Okay, stay optimistic. Maybe. Sometimes optimism does not is not good on this podcast. No, but... Sometimes it's bad.
0: How else are we going to make it through?
1: I think that what, may, what I make it through is I'll just be really, really like annoyed by it, and then I'll watch it and be like, oh, wait, it was better than I expected.
0: Okay, if, if that Pessimism
1: works. Pessimism works in this situation.
0: <laughs> Until next time, you can check us out on our website at NowScreaming.com.
1: And on Twitter and Facebook at NowScreaming.
0: Be sure to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and tell your friends. where you listen.
1: Uh yeah, reach out on Twitter and tell tell us how you'd beat the mirror, cause I'm interested even though it's unbeatable. Tell me what tell me what you're you know what you would do to beat this thing, if it was you.
0: I'm less optimistic really, than Liz about that. But. You have to be
1: optimistic. I just want to know what your clever plan is.
0: Okay, and thank you as always to Wes Craven for um. I mean the thing that kept coming to mind here is the uh, the end of nightmare on elm street uh where they drive away in the the freddy car mm-hmm. spoilers for nightmare on elm street, i guess uh <laughs> but freddy in general is really good at like blending the like blending reality mm-hmm. in a way that you don't know if what you're seeing is real or not uh but it still has stakes Absolutely. in that case it's a dream obviously but in this it's like more in your mind
1: yeah
0: but yeah thanks they both, have, for they both for have powers of uh suggestion
1: yeah manipulation <laughs> totally
0: thanks for fucking with our brains wes love it Alright, until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. Stay
1: spooky.